It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Courage for Wednesday, January 24th, payday from the U.S. government for those of us on Social Security and um, uh, what, what, whatever the hell's going on. Um, with your host today, me, Ray, and uh, that good-looking guy, Zach, um, hey, uh, could you do me a favor? Could you lend me a few bucks? The bank turned me down. <laughs> All right, folks, here's the deal. Digging a little yeah. deeper into yesterday's Vroom announcement. And, Dad, we should also start, to start today's show off with another car dealership going under uh, just group, this yes. morning, or actually late last night. Yes. And you know what's interesting about this? It's going to tie back to lending in just a second here. Huge kudos to car dealership guy over on Twitter. He's the one keeping track of everything. Really appreciate that. So now there have been four used car dealers that all went down just in one week. Vroom, we covered yesterday. Yes. Then Motor Northwest Motorsports has 11 yeah. used car dealerships. They just went out of business. And interestingly, they're owned by Sonic. Sonic also owns, if I'm not mistaken, Echo Park. Echo Park was closed down last year. Well, some of their their, some of their locations were closed. Eight down. of their they locations. Yes, yep. yes. Car Shop, which is owned by Penske, they closed the location. And then uh, Auto Savvy. In Omaha, Nebraska, also closed theirs. Dad, the, the wait, reason wait. that banks have stopped lending is the title for today. Yes. It's because when you peel the onion back. Okay. Unfortunately, there are some folks out there that do it. The reason that Vroom stopped their online operations is because Ally yeah. suspended their line of credit. Okay. That's the real reason here. They ran out of money, not because they were losing money on every car, so because they lost their credit privileges to purchase and to float vehicle transactions. We launched a video on the main channel about floor plan today. Is this not for all four of these dealer groups right here? Echo Park last year. It's floor plan, man. Like that's got to be the root cause of what's happened here. Well, you know, we we've talked about it. Um, it costs a lot more money today to finance your inventory that sits on your lot, whether you're a new car dealer or a used car dealer or a combination. It yeah. just costs a lot of money. And if you're not turning your inventory fast enough, that cost of floor plan um, is is what's going to scare your lenders because they look at a thing called cash flow. Okay, um, the automobile industry, especially retail, depends on cash flow. And if you're not selling cars, then then cash ain't flowing. And that scares the banks. And, you know, it's not that Vroom, I guess, couldn't. Well, you, you sent me an article from uh, Wolf Street. And yeah. it's like, you know, one of the interesting things in, in the article was we all should have seen this coming. If these retailers, Vroom, Shift, Carvana, couldn't make money, and they couldn't, and they didn't, couldn't make money when used car retail prices were at their highest levels ever and used car profits were at their highest levels ever in 21 and 22. If they couldn't make money under those circumstances, how are they ever going to make money when it, I don't know, returns back to some form of normal? But this comes back to lending because how do their businesses operate? They do not buy their own inventory with their balance sheet. They leverage banks. They get oh, financing. Yes. And this is what's so fascinating. On the consumer side of lending and auto right now, 
You actually have, we had Joe Lewis from JC Lewis, the general sales manager there. If you're interested in any of Joe's Mazdas, please go to CarEdge.com. We can ship them to you, purchase through CarEdge. But Dad, Joe, when we had him on, what did he tell us? He said, actually, he was seeing loosening up. It was actually becoming easier for him to get approvals for customers because banks had restricted so much as a result yeah. of auto loan delinquency rates going so high. And then on the commercial side, business to business, banks to dealerships, you've even seen in the past year, like Capital One, for example, and Fifth Third, Fifth Thirds Bank exiting the floor plan line of business altogether because it's just so risky. So that's why these automate, not these automakers, these car dealers are going yeah. out of business is because they can't get people to give them the money to operate those models anymore because it's so risky. And you even see these lenders pulling out of that business altogether. I think that's a, a fascinating story. Well, yes, and and the other part of it is even if some lenders are loosening. Uh, their their lending regulations again. There are so many people who are so upside down in their trade, so buried in their trade um, on anything that they bought in 2021 and 2022 that they might want to try to get out of that they couldn't get out of it if they wanted to. There is so much negative equity that they can't roll it into the next loan, even if the banks have loosened lending guidelines slightly. Um, that's how buried. So, I mean, you know, we see the average negative equity on a trade-in today is $6,000. And, and, and let me yeah. say that it's probably double that for people who bought a car in 2021 and 2022. Before we get into the consumer side of this, let's go back to the business to business side. If I'm not mistaken, Dad, these like so for again, Vroom stopped operations because Ally said no more. Here's yeah. they had a contract. Obviously, there was a massive line of credit. Ally has one with Carvana. Ally has them with tons of. How much does Ally have? We can pull it back up on this auto auto financiers. They have 13 billion with a B dollars in floor plan outstanding at the end of last year okay so ally yes. really at the end of the day for those 13 billion controls 13 billion dollars worth of assets they yeah. can do curtailment payments they can tell dealers hey you know what sell all those cars because we're done financing this like before we go on the consumer side i think there's a huge story here dad these financial institutions and actually to double down on this pops vroom even said in their own filing to the sec quote Partly due to the uncertainty of the liquidation process of its used vehicle inventory, the company's ongoing obligations under its contractual and lease agreements and ongoing assessment of severance and retention costs, they don't know how much it's going to cost to actually wind down operations. There's a huge issue here, Dad. If Ally pulls the plug, if banks pull the plug on floor plan, you end up flooding the auctions with thousands of cars at a time when used cars are depreciating it. I think there's a huge story here, man. Like they control, Ally controls a lot right now. Well, yeah, thirteen billion dollars worth of inventory is a lot of inventory. That's a lot of cars. Man. That's a lot of cars. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, you know, in in the way uh, I measure them, it's a poop ton. Um, it's a poop ton of cars. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Wait, I'm going to do the math really quick. Yeah. Give me a second. Thirteen billion divided by I don't know forty thousand. Does that okay. sound fair? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know if I got enough zeros in here. Give me a sec. Well, I don't, you know, that I just know there's a lot of zeros. Can can your calculator handle all these zeros? I think that's 3 million cars, Dad. Okay. that Well, if that's not a poop ton, I don't know what is. 
Okay. Oh, that's four thousand. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Three hundred thousand cars. Excuse me, gang. Three hundred thousand cars. So Allies underwriting an estimated three hundred thousand cars. That's a lot that they could just pull the yes. plug on and say, "Hey, dealer, go send it to auction. We're done here." Um. Yeah. You know. And and dealerships rely on their lines of credit. It's just that simple. It's there. There are very few dealers out there that can actually pay cash for their cars or that actually would pay cash for their cars. So it's if if the banks that finance their inventory are are pulling back then yeah it's a, it's a major issue. I mean, you know, what type of lines of credit does like AutoNation have or Lithia or Penske um you know that that they utilize to 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 uh, finance their inventories for their dealerships. It's got to be and think huge. about it. Think about it. those new car dealers get floor plan assistance. Go watch our video on the main channel. We talk about floor plan assistance for new cars. The OEM helps underwrite the expense of floor yeah. planning it, holding that inventory for used cars. Dad, no one's underwriting that. You don't get floor plan assistance from you know your friend who's the manufacturer. That's why it is not a coincidence that in one week four different used car dealerships have gone under. Shift went under at the end of last year, and we saw other dealer used car dealers go under last week. Or excuse me, last year. Dad, I had a text from one of our uh, community members who works in the industry. You may have seen it over on my uh, my Twitter, Dad. He had a, a friend of his say that they're willing to sell. Let me pull it up on the screen. They're willing to sell their dealership with zero blue sky because they just want to get out from under it. Yeah, because they know that they can't. Because they know that what what if somebody's buying the dealership, what they're buying is the inventory. Well, guess what? You know, they know that that dealer is underwater in his inventory. So he's not going to get made whole. Just not. And that's that all goes back to my favorite subject of all time. Inventory management. (laughs) That's what it goes back to. You know, so so for those dealers out there who are sitting on a lot of inventory and they have a customer come in. And the customer is is aware of the fact that the vehicle they're looking at has been sitting there for a long period of time. And the salesperson or the sales manager says, um, well, you either pay our price or we're not selling it. Well, ultimately, that salesperson or that sales manager could be the root cause as to why that dealership goes out of business. Okay. Your idea as a dealer is to not collect these damn things, okay? You're, the idea behind this is to sell them. You must realize as a dealer, as a salesperson, as a sales manager, that every one of these vehicles looks better in somebody else's driveway than on your uh, facility, on, on, on the asphalt at your facility. It is all boils down to inventory management and for the sales managers out there that are just stuck and not realizing that maybe they're better taking a much shorter deal than they would have liked um those are the sales managers that are going to be looking for work when the dealership that they're at uh, goes out of business it's just it's just that simple 
Writing's been on the wall for a while, folks. I'm pulling up an article from April of last year, April 19th of last year. Ally hits the brakes on auto lending. This was from their CEO, quote, our outlook is really let's be more conservative in posture to protect the house going forward. If that means we give up a couple billion dollars of originations, we'll do that. The writing has been on the wall. It's here. The manifestation of a rational exuberance coming back to normal times. You are living it. We are literally living it. Kudos again to CDG for breaking the news. Um, But you see this happening left and right, Dad. And this is, for buyers, an awesome opportunity. Absolutely an awesome opportunity. If, if If these dealers closing down doesn't signify to the rest of the dealers out there that we are we have entered a a buyer's market and we have exited the seller's market i don't know what else they need to see to know that um you have to stop pretending that your inventory is going to appreciate when in fact it always has been, and in most normal times, always will remain a depreciating asset. So stop pretending that it's something other than what it is. Whatever offer you, just move the damn metal. Pops, we're going to come to the chat here in just a second. Before we do, Micker says yeah. all these companies should just be selling cars online. That's like not Tesla. The no, 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 no. It's a throw. Let me do my throw. Oh, I'm come sorry, on, do your throw. Folks, you can buy a car online. Thank you, Dad. CarEdge.com. We have the promotion on the Chevy Trax under $400 a month, whether you lease or you finance. It ends January 31st. We are not just selling Chevy Trax back at CarEdge.com. Ford has their 1.9% APR for 72 months. We can get those delivered to your door. We have Mazdas as well. Jeeps, Dodge, Ram, uh, Chevy, GMC. You can buy online on CarEdge.com. No added fees, no BS like that. Never talk to a salesperson, no finance manager that you got to fight with. Everything's transparent and the vehicle's delivered to your door. Very proud of what our team is doing. Go for it. And, and may I say when I, when, when I say that the answer is not like the Tesla model, what I mean by that is the answer is not that the manufacturers are going to sell directly to customers. They're not. Okay. Are there a handful that will, the new ones that have come out, Tesla, Rivian, um, um, I'd say Lucid, but will they even be around? Um, You know, the reality is, is that car manufacturers are somewhat good at manufacturing vehicles. They are not good at retailing vehicles. They have no idea what it takes to retail vehicles. They only know how to wholesale vehicles to their dealer body. So when I say the answer is not uh, manufacturer to consumer direct, that's not the answer. The answer is what you're building. The answer is figuring out a way to make it easy and transparent and frictionless for customers when it comes to buying a vehicle. That's what people want. We're going to go to the chat and then we're going to continue on with the show. I will mention, because yeah. I saw someone say, go to Carage if you want to buy a car that no one actually wants, which I understand a lot of you don't like domestic vehicles. Hyundai. We have Hyundai. If you're interested in the Hyundai, 
in the Northeast United States, free shipping. We can get it delivered to your door. We're coming for you, Amazon. That's all I'm going to say. Let's go to the chat that Aaron, Aaron here, the contribution. Thank you. Aaron says, could banks pull the plug on loans for electric vehicles? Can they discriminate? That's an interesting question because, you know, actually BlackBook just announced their new uh, battery adjusted uh, used vehicle values the other day, which is a super interesting concept. Do you think banks could discriminate on powertrain? Like maybe they want fewer EV loans in their books? Like, I don't know. That's interesting. Only if the people don't qualify. Only if the people don't pay for the existing loans. Um, You know, you're... You're approved for a loan based on your ability, stability, and willingness. Um, you know, I, I saw a comment just today where a kid said, I'm 23 years old. I make $80,000 a year. I have a 700-something FICO score, um, and I got turned down for a $30,000 car loan. Why? Because he never had a $30,000 loan in his life, okay? You can make $80,000 a year. You can have a 750 FICO all based on low credit limit credit cards that you're paying. Well, that doesn't necessarily qualify you to go from, I don't know, a $2,000 limit credit card to say a $30,000 car loan. There's no history there. That's why um, people get turned down for loans that have, that, that make a good living and, and, uh, and have a high credit score. It's auto credit that matters. So, if you have an EV and you've been approved for that loan and you're making your payments, they're not going to pull the plug. They'll pull the for plug sure, but they think- stop making the payments. I think what's interesting in the question is EVs are depreciating much more rapidly than internal combustion engine cars. So I wonder if there's some lenders out there who don't want those vehicles on their books because the loan to value ratios will get out of whack. And and maybe maybe uh, the, they wanted to know are are they literally going to come to your house and unplug your EV when you're trying to charge? Is that what they? No. From <laughs> Leary Porter, Leary, thank you for the kind words and the thoughtful contribution. And pops, Leary is a, a longtime member of our community. At least he must be. And wait, I'm going to move remove myself from the screen. Just give me a second and show. T- yeah, buddy. Thank you, Leary. We do appreciate it. And this is how I get my exercise. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So if anybody wants to see me drop dead during a show, just keep sending them super stickers. And let's see how long I can go like this before I keel the hell over. <sighs> well, Tony keeps it rolling here. So thank you for that. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Oh, you know, so for all funny. you people who are not watching, you have no idea. No yeah, idea. What you're yours, you missed out. You missed yeah. out. Yeah, let's come here from uh, Jaime, I think would be how you pronounce uh, this gentleman's name. Thank you for the contribution. I'm looking for a 2024 GMC Sierra 1500 Pro. Is that available on the $1,000 under invoice on your website? I couldn't navigate to it yesterday. The MSRP is 54000 The invoice is 10% less. Yeah, Jaime, I, I think so. I, there are very limited exclusions, if any. I think the only exclusion is like on a TRX RAM. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's actually the only exclusion for our $1,000 under invoice. So if you're interested in purchasing a vehicle from CarEdge, just fill out the what vehicle are you interested in form right above my head. And our team will get in touch with you. No one is a salesperson on our end. No one works for a dealership. So you're in good hands. And then we've got Mike. Thank you, Mike, for the contribution. Please fix the hybrid filter for F-150s. 
we are ripping out and starting over on a lot of stuff in 2024, Mike, some downstream data quality issues that we won't get into live on the air. But yeah, hear you. Wish I had a simple fix. We do not. We're ripping things out and fixing them. And then one more contribution, and then we're back to the regularly scheduled content from Wolf Gaiden. Thank you, Wolf Gaiden. Yeah. A big thank you, Dad, for all of your educational content that just helped me negotiate a 71,000-mile 2017 Toyota RAV4 Platinum. Out the door was $24,426, down to $22,625. 36-month finance at a 6.29% APR wow. after a pre-purchase inspection. You guys are awesome. Dad, two grand off of the OTD, $1,800 off of the OTT. I think that's possible because used car prices are coming down. The same reason these dealerships are going under. And to get a 6.29% interest rate on a 2017, that is well done. If I could throw out a Ray Shevska stamp of approval um, magically, I would do that. But I can't. And, and so, therefore, I won't. But I will just mention that that does deserve the Ray Shevska stamp of approval. Especially because, and I'll pull it up, we just got the latest auto market weekly summary from Cox Automotive. I'll pull it up on the screen. These are your average interest rates right now for a new and used auto loan as we head into 2024. 14.13% is the average used car APR, and new is at 9.75%. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, uh, wow. I I'm glad... <sighs> I'm glad I don't have, well, I, I have a car lease, but I'm glad I don't have a car loan. Jeez. That, yeah, definitely. It's so expensive. So the idea of getting yeah. a 6.29% is awesome. Like truly uh, uh, almost miraculous feat in today's market when the average is more than double that 14%. I don't think a lot of people realize that when they start shopping, they're used to the 0% days or less than 5%. Yeah. No, like first time you get hit with a quote from a, a dealership that does indirect lending, obviously ask for buy rate, all the things we teach you, but it's probably going to be on a used car north of eight, nine, 10%. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, the other major factor that most people don't take into consideration until well after the fact, and then they get shocked is when they find out how much their insurance is going to be for the vehicle. Please, please, please. Before you even go shopping for a vehicle, contact your insurance company and say, if I were to consider buying X, whatever the hell X is, okay, could you give me an idea as to what my new insurance rates would be for that? And then uh, after you pull yourself up off the floor, once you've heard that number, you know, then, then you'll have a decision to make. Should I move forward? Am I willing to have my car payment go up and then have my insurance payment go up on top of that? It's a double whammy right now. And remember, you mentioned it earlier. I kind of tried to steer us back to the B2B side of the conversation. But yeah, yeah. the average negative equity situation on a trade-in is $6,000 nationwide. CarEdge.com slash sell. Please get competitive offers before you trade in your vehicle to a dealership. And yes, if you buy through CarEdge, we are able to handle that process for you. So dad, not only do you have uh, you know, more and more uh, rejections happening, you have higher and higher APRs, you have more cash down requirements because the loan to value ratios need to be yes. tighter. And then you're bringing on average $6,000 of negative equity. And you know, as you mentioned, insurance, tough market, man, really yeah, tough market. Other than that, things are perfect. <laughs> the scary thing is the buyer's market is when this crap's going on. So those that yeah. are prepared for this, 
yes. great opportunities. That gentleman or woman who who did the Toyota Rav Four that we just discussed a moment ago, yes. you were ready, you yeah. were prepared. Buyer's market, go do it. For everyone else that kind of isn't, ah, uh, it's re- it's a buyer's market, quote unquote, but it's very difficult. And trust me, the dealers out there that that are going to suggest to you and continue to 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 suggest to you that it is not a buyer's market. Uh, don't be surprised when they're the next ones to go out of business because they are mismanaging their inventory and uh, they are on the wrong side of history when it comes to reading the room. One more note here, and then we're going to do our favorite segment from Igor. My two GMs that I talked to yesterday both told me that they're keeping pre-owned inventory today at the dealership for over 30 days as a huge risk, is a huge risk, and everyone is trying to keep used inventory at a minimum level. I'm hearing the exact same thing, Igor. Everyone is scared I'm just going to say the S word. Poopless. Everyone's scared. Yeah, poopless. Yeah. yeah, they really are because they know. And Dad, I'd love if you can contact your friend Chip and yes. talk to him. You know, between now and 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 one of the upcoming shows, he's a big buyer, wholesale buyer for a dealer group. I wonder. I wonder if they're scared because everyone I'm talking to is scared. Dad, they really are uh, of I, holding on to these 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 depreciating assets. I will. I will give Chip a call today this afternoon, um, and I'm sure they are. I mean, they're a group that that. Um, they really watch their inventory, new and used. They they really look at what they're doing, and they look at it on a daily basis. And upper management will flat out tell GMs at dealerships, um, you know, we're not looking to collect them here. Take whatever you can get and move on. So um, it it. Igor knows this. It starts at the top. It starts with the dealer principal. If the dealer principal is not reading the room correctly and not sharing with his staff the importance of moving inventory along, then that inventory is going to sit and those dealers are going to find themselves in trouble. It's, it is, there's two aspects to this business that, that will never change. One is it's a people business. You have to learn how to connect with people. And the other is it's an inventory management business. You have to manage your inventory. The money that you have tied up in inventory is astronomical, absolutely astronomical. And when interest rates are as high as they are right now, the cost to carry that inventory is burdensome. When inventory was low and interest rates were at one and a half, two percent, didn't amount to much. But inventory's high, and interest rates are six and a half to seven percent for floor plan. That's an expense, a huge Definitely. expense. Definitely, yeah. Uh, times are changing, that's for sure. A couple more chat messages, and then our favorite segment. So stay tuned for that. And it's a good one, folks. One that you haven't heard us talk about ever before on this show. A brand new topic we've never talked about. Please stick with us. From Squeegee Kid, Dad. Thank Squeegee you, Kid. Squeegee thank you kid. for this. Looking to buy a new Toyota in uh, a 2024 SUV in the spring or summer, I'd like to use cars for help. Is there a general timeline prior to my purchase when I should engage a coach? Thank you. And more fire in the thumbnails, please. (laughs) Your wish is my command. I'd say within 30 to 60 days of wanting to pull the trigger, Squeegee Kid, that would be my recommendation on when you should get in touch with us. Obviously, you could do it sooner on the community forum. just doesn't make sense to start working with our team until you're closer to the finish line. Thank you for the contribution, and thanks for being a part of our community. Chad, thank you as well for the contribution. Love what you guys are doing. Any chance you can add bed length uh, to the search tool for pickups on the website, finding it difficult to find 
the eight foot bed 2021 Toyota Tundra I want? Unfortunately, not, Chad. This is the tied to the same comment about the Ford F-150 hybrid. I have immense frustrations. Maybe we'll set up a whole separate show where I can talk about my frustrations with the car search and the challenges that we've faced in building that out. I think it'd be worthwhile for any other entrepreneurs in the auto industry to listen to that. And I think for our community, it'd probably be worth it as well. Um, so no, we don't have a fix for that. Um, it's tied to our underlying infrastructure. And maybe one of these days I can give you more, more of a deep dive. I'm sorry that we can't help more there. Uh, try some of the other car searches uh, out there that might be able to help. You ready, Dad? A topic we have never talked about. You ready never? to discuss it? Really? You've got to be kidding me. What could it possibly be? All right, I lied. Uh, Ford recalls nearly <laughs> 2 million Explorer crossovers in the U.S. over loose All right, I lied. I lied. Well, you know, we're, this, this is a brand built on trust. Why are you lying? <laughs> Okay, it's not like we're suddenly going to gain another thousand viewers. Okay, not at this point in the show. Come on. So, what did Ford do now? They recalled right. more vehicles. They, they, they are, they are determined once again to lead the league in recalls. How do they? How do they stand so far? Twenty-four days into the new year. <laughs> yeah, so Ford is your le your recall winner so far in 2024. The new one, folks, um, you know, this is not like a, a mechanical issue, so that's great. Yeah. Um, but Ford has recalled 2 million, nearly 2 million Ford Explorers. Um, there are over 14,000 warranty claims right now, and it's because trim on the A-pillar is, uh, you know, it's, it's flying off. Or flying off. Um, yeah, it's flying off. It's kind of like, you know, when, when you have a product that's so hot, it's just flying off the shelves. Well, in this case, the trim's just flying off the product. Um, yeah, you know, and what kind of issues can that cause when it flies off and, I don't know, crashes through the windshield of the car behind you and stabs the driver in the chest? I mean, how in could his that opinion, possibly in his opinion. be an issue? What? In his, that's all in your opinion. In my opinion, yeah, <laughs> that were to happen. I mean, you know, there, there are, I, I, you know, better, better adhesives. Uh, Isn't that wild, man? It's like they just can't, they just can't beat it. Um, I also saw there's a Ford Maverick recall going on now as well. So it's like their most popular, new, cheap, affordable pickup truck, and there's a recall on that too. They just. They just, they trip, man. They take one step forward, two steps back. Well, you know, that's because they probably found a less expensive adhesive that doesn't doesn't really have adhesive properties to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're always looking to cut costs. I mean, that that's part and parcel of what they do. And, you know, sometimes in the glue's bad. What can I say? The, you know, if... Maybe, maybe, just maybe, maybe they need to sniff it before they use it. I don't know. Find out in if it's got the good, the good stuff in it. <laughs> You're special, man. All right, folks. I want to remind everyone, caredge.com. That's my dad and myself. And now the team, we were just on a team meeting before this. There were 31 people that made the meeting and quite a few folks were off today. So we got almost 40 folks wow. uh, working here at Car Edge trying to make buying a car a better experience if we can help you go check out caredge.com i saw a couple chat messages come through for example from anthony how do i join your team retired and 35 years in the business 30 as an fni manager for a large cdjr dealer group 
Anthony, I don't think we're hiring right now, although I'm sure that will change over the coming months. Go to CarEdge.com, hover over About, read about our story, learn about our team, read our customer reviews. If you're a car dealer and you want to learn about working with us, you can read our press. And then there you go, Anthony. Click on Careers. We'd be interested in getting to know you. Dad, we'll do it all again tomorrow? Uh, I'm afraid so because I got nothing else to do. Um, yeah, nothing else to do either. Yeah. Well, let's do you, know, it. you got lots to do, but me, I, I you know, it, it's what? Let me ask you live on there. We just came off of an all hands meeting at yes. uh, 1030. Yes. What's your read on the room? How are you feeling about 2024 for our business and, and for what we're building? Um, I, I think from what I gathered, A, the staff is really, really uh, dialed in on what it is that we're trying to accomplish and how it is that we're trying to make it easier for everybody. Um, and there is data that we have that is so usable that we and, and you you know I've been not screaming at you but mentioning it occasionally and you're that we've been underutilizing it and underusing it for going on two years now and so um the fact that we're figuring out a way to better utilize and update that information so that people can make a more informed decision as to what it is they should buy um there was there was palpable excitement um, for the progress and the direction that the business is going. So I found it very exciting. And, you, and yeah, and, and what I found even more exciting was based on how poorly we did things in the past, we ever found investors. But, but I want to, I want to ask a question. I've, I've floated this in the past. I mean, it, I mean it sincerely. Would our community, if we recorded these and shared them, on YouTube, would people watch them? Would people even find that interesting? Not live broadcasting them, but recording and sharing them. So you can see the team behind the scenes and what we're trying to build. I am pro-transparency to the nth degree. And so I wonder if that's too far or if that's just on the edge. Um, so I'm curious, your take on that, Dad? You know, like you just sat on today's meeting. Was there anything in there that we shouldn't share publicly? And would the community even find that interesting? It's just on the car edge, buddy. <laughs> Just um, on the far edge. Yeah, I I, you know, I'm not worried about competitors. You know what I mean? Like the competitors don't have you and me. Like they're no. not going to beat us. Like so, it's like we got us. But I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I I don't know. I you know, um, you are incredibly transparent um, with what you do and how you do it uh, with with when we're on live. I, I, I so. I, I maybe people would find it interesting to see the inner workings and and the things that we're trying to improve and how we're trying to um, make the business more efficient for people out there. Uh, and 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 maybe if they saw that they, you know, they 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 might discount the fact that I spent forty three years in the car business and that I must have screwed people for forty three years and that we're really not here to help anybody. You know. Maybe that would dispel some of that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, I'll keep thinking about that. Please tune in again tomorrow, folks. We have fun doing this. We enjoy. Um, I think we'd have fun even if no one was here, but it's especially yeah. fun with the community. So yes. Thank you for being a part of it. And Dad, um, if you don't mind, you'll send us off uh, to this. Yeah, buddy, I'm getting, I, I would like to say I'm getting my steps in, but I'm getting my bounces in. And um, 
what are the muscles in your butt? Is that the glutes? Man, I'm going to have some big-ass glutes when we're done. Okay, that's enough of that crap. 